Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Fat Jack, professional handicapper, joining us now. In fact, we get a double, double dose of Fat Jack tonight. Right now, we're talking NFL. He's going to join us a little bit later on on the show to talk a little college football, getting you ready for your big college football plays this weekend while you're sitting back drinking some champagne and watching, of course, the college football playoffs. But we'll get to that a little bit later on the show. Uh, FatJackSports.com, that's where you can find him. Happy holidays to you and yours, Fat Jack. How you doing? Yeah, Happy New Year. I'm doing great. I mean, I'll tell you, it's the tale of two halves for me. I mean, the NFL is going unbelievably well. I've moved into the top 40 of the uh, Westgate uh, Super Contest and the Circuit Woo! Contest in the top 100. The so things are really good in the NFL. The Bulls are a fickle mistress. I mean, those suckers will get you if you're not careful. Uh, nine of the underdogs have won straight up for the 25 bowl games, which is on par for the last five years or so. So I'm excited we're talking about the NFL uh, because there's a little more predictability, and I think there's a couple of good trends that will get people into money as we head into the weekend. Well, as always, we're, we're airing here in L.A., and we've got both the, we got the L.A. teams facing off against one another. Not that this game matters much to either one, let's be honest, right? Like, in, in for two different storylines. The Rams, they're done. Stick a fork in them. They're not making it to the postseason with just five wins. Uh, the Chargers, they clinched last week. Now, granted, yeah, are, are, you, are you playing because you want a better seed in the postseason? Yeah, but, you know, typically we've seen, you know, teams that have clinched you know they don't they don't they do not have a shot at, at finishing one through four. So you know how big of a motivational factor is that going to be? Is this king of L.A. possibly the Chargers favored by six and a half? The over under is forty two and a half. What would be your play here? And good seats still remaining at SoFi Stadium. So I mean it's one of those things <laughs> that we 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 have different issues for both teams. And the problem I think Anita is that with the Rams we're not sure exactly how good they actually are. I mean, their opponents have had a lot to do with how that offense has looked. When, they, when the opponents have been bad off, uh, defensively or played bad, uh, they've looked pretty good. Baker Mayfield and company have looked like they know what they're doing. When they play good defenses, they haven't looked good. So the Chargers, even if they play backups, I think will bring enough on the defensive side to slow the game down. My lead toward the under in this one. But as you said, there's some game, these last couple weeks, it's about avoiding landmines where both of what you said are true. You'll have teams that are just simply preparing for the playoffs, their seed is already determined, and it's not going to be they're going to set out their, their quarterback necessarily, but they're going to keep them out of harm's way. They're going to rotate the defensive linemen more. The secondary is going to rotate in to get some of that experience and, and fresh legs as they get some more important games. So being able to navigate that's hard. You're talking about this game. Under certainly I think will be the, the, the best play of the group because I don't think the Rams are good enough offensively to score against even a competent defense. And competent is a loose term with this spot. So, but I do think that the, the, the scoring will be down. I go under the total and certainly no play on the side. Uh, I, I like it. I, I'm with you. I do like the under as well. Uh, let's, I'm going to tee up a few games for you that do have relevance um, heading into this, this week's slate of games. Uh, what about the Philadelphia Eagles? I love me some Gardner Minshew. I know they did not win last week, but to me, that was Miles Sanders fumbling the football. Uh, and, of course, the Eagles defense allowing uh, Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys to put up so many points. But nonetheless, it looks like I, I know that um, that Jalen Hurts was limited at practice today. I'm sure if it was up to him, he would play. But I think because we know Philadelphia is already clinched, of course, they want to uh, solidify that the number one seed in the NFC. And all they have to do is win one more game uh, for the remainder of, of the two that are still there. They're home hosting the Saints. They're favored by six and a half. 
I do believe it will be another Gardner Minshew game. I don't have a problem with that. Are you laying the six and a half? The over-under is 42. Yeah, the problem you have is with this spot is that who, who wants to play New Orleans here? I think everybody saw exactly what you just said. I mean, it, the, the, it's very uncomfortable to go play New Orleans against basically anybody. And it's also easy to say that, you know, uh, New Orleans is not Dallas. So even if we just get this, a similar outing from Minshew, they should win this going away. Their defense should hold New Orleans down offensively, so they're not going to score a bunch of points. And Gardner Minshew, unless he decides to turn the ball over a bunch, uh, th- this Philly offense should at least be in the 20s, which might be enough here. New Orleans doesn't score very much. So I'm with you. The one hesitation I have here is that uh, it's really uncomfortable to go play New Orleans and not even getting a touchdown in some spots against Philly. But everything says this is one of those after the fact. You're like, why didn't I bet my house on that? You know what I mean? It just looks like it should be easy. Everybody knows Minch is one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league, and they are not playing the Cowboys again. They're playing a, uh, a uh, New Orleans team that doesn't score a bunch of points. So I'm with you. Give me Philly. Uh, one, one game that I'm really excited about is uh, the Carolina Panthers going up against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Last time these two teams played each other, Carolina dominated Tom Brady in the Bucks. They're better now than they were back then. The Bucks still dealing with a lot of injuries. Carolina Panthers as a road dog getting three. Give me that. Give me the three. I'm going to play them on the money line at plus 140. I'm also going to use them as a two-team six-point teaser. I'm going to tease them up to plus six. I like Carolina. I think I think Carolina wins outright. Uh, over under forty and a half. Carolina, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, here, no, hate, hating Tom Brady all the way to the bank. I like it. <laughs> well, it's 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 not so much that I, I listen. I'm not a huge fan of Tom Brady. It's not about that. It's just Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold has not turned the ball over. Um, he's winning football games. I love their formula. I love their defense. They've got great special teams. And they're running the hell out of the ball. I mean, they ran for over 300 yards last week against Detroit. So I just yeah, I, and, I, I like their formula, and I like how hard they're playing for Steve Wilkes. Yeah, you and Tom Brady, if you had anything, broke up about three months ago. Somewhere before Halloween, when this dude couldn't, couldn't get the ball in the end zone to save his life. I broke up with him, too. It's nothing, it's nothing personal, I'm telling you. I can't, I can't stay. The guy's 1-11 against the spread. If you're a sports gambler, that is literally like coming down with herpes. Nobody wants to play with that. I mean, that is not a thing. So, Carolina, you're exactly right. They run the ball effectively. They're playing good defense, and they're getting points against a team that doesn't cover at all. I don't care if they're going to go to the playoffs or not, which Brady and company are. And I know the name of the back of the jersey, but sometimes you got to let your eyes lead you to where it should go. And you're absolutely right. Sam Darnold was what they thought was going to happen with uh, Wilson with the Jets. A timeout would do him some good. It didn't seem to help Zach Wilson, but it absolutely helped Sam Darnold. Him sitting out and not starting every game made him refocus. He looks like he's seeing the field better. As you said, they're running the ball effectively. I'm with you. Give me Carolina. Um, again, Fat Jack, FatJackSports.com, joining us here on Bet LA. If the Philadelphia Eagles win the 1 o'clock game, Minnesota's playing for nothing, right? And, and very well could rest its players in the second half, Okay. I, I love Green Bay. I really do. Minnesota's defense is horrible. Their pass defense is horrible. Green Bay finally coming together in the passing attack. Their offensive line is getting healthier. Their defense is better. Their special teams is better. I, I, I'd lay the points with the Green Bay Packers, especially in Lambeau in January, late late afternoon kickoff at 4, 4.30. I'd lay it anyway. But just the mere fact that I do believe Philadelphia is going to beat the Saints, therefore the Vikings really playing for nothing – 
I, I just I, I think this is a no I think there's a no brainer here. Over under is forty seven and a half. How are you playing this? I'm not sure why Minnesota even shows up. It sounds like I mean they should probably just stay home with the pa- <laughs> if the pa- Packer if uh, if uh, Philly wins if the, if the Eagles win just hey say, we're calling the game yeah, we're calling cold game. outside so let's send it to the middle school team that happens to be in the Green Bay area and see if they can get after it. I, I think I think this exact formula has paid off for the team with quote unquote nothing to play for and and all of the things you just said because every everybody in the public will look at exactly what you just said and, and combined with the fact that Green Bay has been incredibly impressive the last few weeks they look like they've got it going with one with a Hall of Fame easy Hall of Fame quarterback um, I, I think this is absolutely one of those spots where nobody walks up to the window and plays Minnesota for any reason and after uh, Philly does win, which I'm with you, I think they win, you're going to get even more one-sided. Vegas knows all of this. Everything we just talked about, they are absolutely aware of when those lines come out, yet it's only a field goal game. And it's because Green Bay does not stop the run well enough. And when Minnesota runs the ball effectively, they score a bunch of points. And they typically win time of possession. Their, their defense is giving up 24 uh, points per game. And, and Green Bay is only giving up 22. So they're right about even defensively. And offensively, Minnesota over the course of the year averages more points per game than does Green Bay. And by the way, Green Bay has given up over 140 yards rushing per game. That is the secret stat to me. Cousins doesn't have to be great. They'll run it effectively, stay ahead of the chains. And I think this thing goes right into the wire. Minnesota may win. To me, this is the best game on the slate. And thank God it's a primetime game because uh, we have been robbed this season with horrible, horrific primetime games uh, like the one tonight. But nonetheless, uh, Cincinnati... At home, getting a point um, against the Buffalo Bills. Cincinnati's been hot, dude. I'm on since. Give me the big cats, and I'll take them on the money line. I mean, not that it's you know you're laying 105 to, to win 100 as opposed to laying 110 to win 100. I don't know. Maybe I should take the one point, uh, but I, I do like Cincinnati in, in this in this spot. Over under is 49 and a half. How are you playing this? Yeah, and I like it when we're not on the same side because they're, they're, they're good points both ways. This is why the NFL is so tough because you can make a case for a lot of both of these sides. And we both come on and say, oh, let's we'll love the best team. Let's play this. That, that's not as entertaining. It doesn't give the great information. I do think that we both have different views on this. They're different ways. Cincinnati absolutely going the right way, doing kind of what they did last year. Uh, Buffalo has kind of taken a step back in the spotlight because of how they played recently, but this is still the most balanced team in the league. They're one of the top-rated offenses and defenses, and I think this is one of those spots where momentum starts building this time of year for the postseason. You're going to get all hands on deck. Another one of those I do like under. Uh, the, Buffalo goes on the road. They typically don't score a bunch of points, don't give up a bunch of points, and you'll have two great quarterbacks that I think the general public naturally will want to go over under the total in that one, but give me Buffalo in a close one. Great stuff as always, Fat Jack. Really do appreciate you again. FatJackSports.com. That's where you can find him. Uh, Stay tuned. He does join us a little bit later on the show. Uh, We do a deep dive into the college football games that we'll be able to wager on on New Year's Eve and and beyond. All right. I'll talk to you a little bit later, Fat Jack. Thank you so much. All right. Sounds good. Let's make some money. Let's make some money. You got it. Again, you're listening to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. When we come back, uh, we've got David Newton and Jenna Lane who are going to give us, as I like to call it, a peek behind the curtain. Uh, Carolina in the Bucks. This is going to be a good one. Bucks win. They're in. They're going. Carolina, they win. They now are in the driver's seat. All they have to do is win in week 18, and they represent the division. This is going to be a good one. We'll dive into this next right here on Bet LA, 710 ESPN LA.
This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza Nutrient Pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Anita Marks with you. Really some great games. How lucky are we? Like even though it's week 17, um, it's still a playoff atmosphere this week and, and, and definitely next week as well as of course we're two weeks away from the postseason. And the Tampa Bay Bucks are going up against the Carolina Panthers. Now Tampa is at home. They're in Florida. They're favored by three. The over-under is 40 and a half. Important game for this division. So the Tampa Bay Bucks, they are in the driver's seat. As horrific as they have been this season, they are in the driver's seat. If they win this week, that's it. They clinch. They're going to the playoffs. They will be the fourth seed, and they will host, as horrible as that is, uh, they will host the first round of Wild Card Weekend. If they lose to Carolina, and Carolina wins again next week, week 18, then Carolina represents the division. We've got both uh, David Newton and Jenna Lane who are joining me on my digital bet show called Bet. You can tune into it on ESPN Plus uh, each and every week on Monday and Thursdays. And so I had David Newton and Jenna Lane. So David Newton covers the Carolina Panthers. Jenna Lane covers the Tampa Bay Bucks. I sat down with them to get a look behind the curtain, as I like to call it, sneak peek, uh, some inside information on both these squads as they get ready to take on each other in 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 week 17. So let's listen in. First and foremost, start off with David Newton. He does a phenomenal job covering the Carolina Panthers that have been kicking butt and taking names, David. Unbelievable, right? So Carolina now in control. They beat the Bucks this week and they beat the Saints next week. They make it in. They win the division. They make it in. Um, last time they faced Brady, they were able to get to him, rattle his cage. That's how you beat Brady teams. But more importantly, Sam Darnold has been absolutely spectacular for Sam Darnold's um, tendencies. Uh, he's won three of four and zero turnovers. So with that being said, what 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 do his teammates, what, what's the vibe around Sam Darnold right now in this team? Well, it's funny you say for Sam Darnold, because for Sam Darnold, this is amazing. He's never had more than three games in a row without a turnover, and he's been known for enough, doing nothing but make mistakes throughout his career that have cost teams win. That's why the Jets gave up on him. That's why Carolina gave up him after last year. But the Panthers, the players, they believe in Sam Darnold, and they're really not that surprised he's playing this well. For one, they saw confidence building in him in training camp. And, and during the first 10 weeks, 11 weeks of the season, while Sam was recuperating from an ankle sprain and watching Baker Makefield and P.J. Walker play, he hung around the defense and he got a different perspective on what he sees from, the, uh, from an offensive standpoint. He learned from them how he can do things to help him remain patient and not panic. And, and as he said back in the Jets days, see ghosts out there. And it's really made a difference. He's playing with the patience, letting the game come to him, and really doing a fantastic Fantastic job right now of leading this team and managing the game. And the fact he's got this rushing game that's unbelievable. 320 yards rushing, a, a team record last week. 
nobody imagined that. So, yeah, Sam Darnold's playing well. This team, it's, it's been a storybook season. Josh Norman came back this week, and Josh Norman's 35 years old and hadn't played us down this year. But Josh Norman has an attitude and a dog about him that the Panthers love. And he said it felt like a dream or a movie to be out here and back with the team he helped get to the Super Bowl in 2015. And a lot of ways, this whole season's kind of like a dream or a movie for the Panthers. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, you know, Sam Darnold's not in New York anymore seeing ghosts. So good for him. Full disclosure last week, I, I liked the Lions. I thought the, I, I thought the Lions were going to beat Carolina. I laid the points, and boy, was I wrong. You talked about it, 320 rushing yards, 570 total yards this Carolina Panthers offense put up on the Detroit Lions. So uh, what is this team feeling? Do they feel like they're peaking at the right time because – this isn't how they started the beginning of the season, David. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the offensive line was brand new. That was one of the things that general manager Scott Fitter did during the offseason. He tried to rebuild the offensive line. that was one of the worst in the league last year. And it took them a while to gel. But they've had basically the same group out there except for their starting center all season. And since Bradley Bozeman took over at center, they've really added a physicality up front that's made a big difference. And they've been able to run the ball consistently almost every team they've faced. They did have a hiccup against Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago and had only 20 yards. 21 yards rushing and that was an embarrassment for this team and right tackle Taylor Moten was so embarrassed that before last Friday's practice against the Lions he brought black ski mask out to every lineman and had them wear it out to practice just to show that attitude that we're just not going to be denied anything when we get on that field against Detroit and he's actually debating whether he should bring him out again because it really did the trick I mean I've never seen a rushing performance quite like that. Well, it's been impressive to watch, especially with all the changes that have taken place with Carolina in midseason. David, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. We take you from Carolina to Tampa. Jenna Lane joins us now, and of course, she covers the Tampa Bay Bucks. So, Jenna, welcome in to Bet. First things first, the Bucks are alive. Can you believe it? As horrible as this season has been for everyone in that division, they still can dominate and control their destiny. Um, with that being said, you know, when they went up against Carolina the first time around, Carolina pretty much dominated them. What are they doing to prepare for this, this matchup? Because we just heard from David and how different this Carolina team has been playing. What are they doing film-wise, prep-wise? How are they getting ready for this matchup this week? Yeah, Anita, Coach Todd Bowles said this is their playoffs. This is their postseason. Their postseason starts now. Several guys echoed that in the locker room. Russell Gage said, you know, this is why he came here. He hasn't gotten to play in games like this, meaningful games like this, so late in the season in December. He said this time of the year normally I'm having cars shipped and going home. But they really feel like they've needed to go back and I know as painful it is they have watched that previous game that 21 to 3 loss that you referenced there in week seven they've gone back they've studied it closely we talked to Byron Lefwich, their offensive coordinator about that today and they also have gone back and watched several other outings against this team obviously a different coaching staff then and, and they've made a number of changes that have really benefited them there with Steve Wilkes now becoming the head coach but 
and doing so if they feel like they can still get a good idea about tendencies the way this team will try to attack them but the real key message that I've gotten from players and talking to them has just been that they've got to buckle up right now it's really been like that the last few weeks still up and down but but now is the time to really really get consistent and also healthy health has been an issue and if you look at the injury report it is quite long yeah, as I said earlier when I just brought you on, right, the Bucks in the driver's seat. If they win this week, then week 18 doesn't matter. They could solidify their ticket into the playoffs. But you mentioned the injuries on the defensive side of the ball. We've seen several. So who are some of the key players we need to keep an eye on as we get closer to the game? Anita, the top guy is cornerback Carlton Davis. He suffered a shoulder injury against the Arizona Cardinals this past week, and he was a key reason why the defense was able to clamp down and the Bucks were able to come from behind and get that overtime win. He has not practiced this week, so it's going to be very telling when he goes out if he does in fact go out there tomorrow to practice so we'll keep an eye on him also defensive tackle Vita Vea we have not seen him in several weeks he's been dealing with a calf strain he suffered that against the San Francisco 49ers he returned to practice this week he's practice limited we'll see if they can get him out there because this Bucks team surrendered 173 rushing yards to the Panthers in week seven he can be a key reason as to why they can mitigate that rushing attack and then you also got to look at Carl Nassiv. it is still mind-blowing to me that the Bucks only had two healthy outside linebackers Anthony Nelson and Joe Tryon Shoyinka against the Cardinals and those guys played every snap it's it's really unheard of uh, but Nassif has been dealing with a pectoral injury for a few weeks he didn't practice last week returned to practice this week and I know he's very eager to try and get back out there so keep an eye on those guys on defense and I go back to Davis I also go back to Jamel Dean another cornerback as much as Zion McCollum was picked on when these two teams faced off in week seven he's a rookie cornerback they would like to not have to bring him back out there so ideally you can have one of those guys out there Dean's been dealing with a toe injury it's an injury to his big toe which is very difficult for cornerbacks and then on the offensive line I said there are a lot of injuries but Tristan Wirfs re-aggravated re a high ankle sprain that he had that, that forced him to miss several games he aggravated it against the Cardinals but he already told me I'm playing no matter what this week so then we got to look at left tackle Donovan Smith he's been out with a foot injury didn't practice last week returned this week and we'll see if he's able to give it a go out there but otherwise I mean with Wirfs out there against the Cardinals he was just the one healthy carryover that they had from the previous season and that doesn't bode well for Tom Brady's protection Wow, just to go through the injury list, it would it would take our entire 30 minutes, Jenna. So, so but appreciate you. Thank you so much for your insight. Enjoy the game later on of this week. All right, I want to thank, of course, David Newton and Jenna Lane for joining us, uh, joining me, of course, on bet and 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 having the the ability to to play that for you here on 710 ESPN LA. So, how am I playing this? I, I talked about it with Fat Jack earlier this hour. I, I love Carolina. I'm going to play Carolina. Give me the points. I'm also going to play them on the money line, and you can get them at plus 140. Um, also, I'm going to use Carolina as a two-team six-point teaser, which means I'm going to tease them up to plus nine, and I'm I'm going to align that with, uh, let's say, the the – I love the Giants, so the Giants as a pick'em, the Detroit Lions as a pick'em, maybe the Philadelphia Eagles at home, even if it is Gardner Minshew, I still think they beat the Saints as a pick'em, okay, uh, for a number of reasons. Number one, the Bucs, uh, only one win 
against a team against teams that are above 500. And by the way, that was week one against the Dallas Cowboys, and and Dak Prescott got injured in that game. Um, they have no running game right now. Okay, uh, they've got an injured defense. Their offensive line is a mess, as we just heard from Jenna Lane. Right, they're three eleven in one against the spread, and they have not covered at home all season long. All three, fra- all three phases of their team are bad. Offense, defense, and special teams. Meanwhile, Carolina, as we heard from David, Sam Darnold uh, has won three of his last four starts. Zero turnovers. He's playing extremely well. Um, Foreman is running like a man possessed. And for the fact that they were able to put up 320 rushing yards against the Detroit Lions last week is really, really impressive. And defensively, They're playing good football, and I think they can get after Tom Brady. They have a huge advantage in regard to special teams. They've got a top-five special teams unit in the NFL. Like I said, the Bucs are one of the worst. They looked hot against the Lions. Full disclosure, I laid the points with the Lions last week. I thought the Lions were going to win. Boy, was I wrong. Carolina really, really impressed me. And again, they are playing to win the division. They need to win out uh, this week and next week. So give me Carolina. Give me the plus three. I'll play them on the money line. And like I said before, uh, I'm also going to uh, I'm also going to play them as a, a two-team six-point teaser as well. Quick break. We come back. Kevin Seifert joins me. The Minnesota Vikings, as uh, talked about, of course, with um, with uh, Fat Jack earlier in, in in the show as well. Minnesota Vikings going up against the Green Bay Packers. This is another important game. Um, for the Green Bay Packers just to get into the playoffs, for the Minnesota Vikings, an opportunity to potentially get the number one seed if the ball bounces their way and other teams lose, like the Philadelphia Eagles, like the San Francisco 49ers. So stay tuned. Kevin Seifert, who covers the Vikings, will join us next right here on 710 ESPN. ESPN, you're listening to Anita Marks here on Bet LA. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Anita Marks with you. And uh, again, I'm, I'm going to go back to my digital show that I recorded earlier today. Kevin Seifert who covers the Minnesota Vikings, joined me on my digital show, my bet digital show, previewing the Minnesota Vikings-Green Bay Packers game. Now, uh, this is a a late afternoon game at Lambeau Field. The Green Bay Packers are favored by 3.5. The line was 3. It's now jumped to 3.5. The over-under is 47.5. Now, here's why this, this this game is interesting, right? Because Minnesota has already clinched. Uh, the, the Packers are, are trying to win out, and hopefully things fall in place for them where they can at least get in as a wild card, right? Um, but if the Philadelphia Eagles, who play at 1 o'clock, beat the Saints, they then will have locked up the number one seed in the NFC, and really the game will not mean much for the Minnesota Vikings. So what does that mean? Uh, you know, will will they play their starters a quarter, a half? Will they play an entire game? We don't know. Um, but I, but that that's definitely one thing to consider. Uh, before I start sharing with you exactly all the ways that I'm going to play this matchup, let's listen in again. Kevin Seifert, ESPN, Minnesota Vikings reporter, joined me earlier today 
to talk about the Minnesota Vikings. Let's listen in. Kevin Seifert is joining us now. So Kevin, welcome in. First things first, week one was when these two teams played each other, right? Aaron Rodgers, only 200 passing yards. Not great. As of late, offense is starting to come around. We're seeing the chemistry with him and his wide receivers. But news today is that he's dealing with a knee issue, a knee injury. He is expected to play. What, what's what's the vibe? What's uh, what's the buzz around the Vikings locker room with the news that Aaron Rodgers is coming into the game with uh, somewhat of a knee injury? Well, it's kind of uh, similar to a lot of the games recently. They, they have not been able to um, play against an Aaron Rodgers uh, uh, team without him being extremely uh, injured at various times and so it's something that uh, it's something that they uh, have dealt with many times before uh, they know they're very good at not uh, at not causing a, um, a bulletin board situation they're very good at, uh, at at saying the right thing Patrick Peterson today was saying that Aaron Rodgers is the best long ball thrower uh, deep ball thrower in the history of the NFL so I don't think they're worried about it I honestly don't think they'll think they think he's gonna play any differently and uh, and it's just another thing in, in the history of their uh, of their rivalry. Yeah, I uh, we were talking with um, Adam Schefter earlier, and Adam was like, ah, you know, Aaron Rodgers is so good he could probably just play with one knee. Uh, but nonetheless, this Minnesota Vikings team—they are the king of one-score victories, right? 11 and 0 in one-score games so far this season. What are the Viking players saying about that? Yeah, I mean they're proud of uh, of the of the record that they've had this year. I mean, they're, and they don't understand why team why so many people around the country are uh, are kind of knocking them for not having uh, for for having so many close games. I mean, the object is to win, and they've won as many games as all, every NFL team except one, and that's the Eagles. And so um, they know. Kevin O'Connell has stressed it uh, a lot that he has to um, that that they would love to have a full four quarter game this year and they would love to be able to blow a team out and have an easy ride but maybe that might just be who they are they might be a team that's got some flaws and has some issues but uh, is good enough that if the game's within reach at the end of the game they can win it out so just out of curiosity right now the minnesota vikings are sitting with the number two seed in the nfc now it's really interesting because the philadelphia eagles play at one o'clock against the saints if the Philadelphia's win, if the Philadelphia Eagles win, then it's the two seed for them. Of course, deciding what happens with the 49ers. But if Eagles win, they don't have an opportunity to get the number one seed. How aware are they going into this game about that scenario? And where do they think they're going to end up in the postseason? Yeah, I mean, they what, what they love to do is play at home. They're eight and one this year at U.S. Bank Stadium, and they know that uh, that in order to uh, to make a run in the playoffs, they're probably going to want to play at least multiple games at home. And so that would mean at least the number two seed, if not the number one. And in order to do that, uh, Anita, they're going to have to um, they're going to have to win probably both of their games. If they lose one of their games, the remaining games, they're probably going to drop down to number three uh, and lose the tiebreaker to the 49ers. And so they know uh, more than anything that they they want to play as many home games as they can and so that puts all the uh, all the uh, meaning into these last two games that they would need you would think a 12-win team that's already clinched the division might be just sort of playing it out and resting people for the playoffs but they really want to play those games at home uh, for a lot of different reasons and uh, and that put gives them a lot of motivation for these final two games Kevin thank you so much for joining us it's going to be a good one for sure really do appreciate your time so very interesting stuff right and and here's the thing even even if even if let's say Philadelphia loses, I still like the Green Bay Packers in this matchup for a number of reasons. Number one, more motive, and, and, and not that the Vikings wouldn't be motivated. Of course, you know everybody's vying for that number one seed in the NFC. But it's one thing, 
you're in already, right? Like, at least you know, like, you're in. You're in the postseason. It's another you're battling, you're fighting, you're trying to get in. I just think there's going to be more fight in the dog for the Green Bay Packers. They are making that playoff push where the Minnesota Vikings have already landed. Granted, if Eagles lose, then yes, there's motivation for them there to, of course, win and try to get that number one seed. Um, Also, the fact that this game is a late afternoon game at Lambeau Field, weather conditions are going to be cold, you know, and now you're going up against Kirk Cousins. Another thing, Kirk Cousins is excellent at one o'clock starts. Not great. He's, He's kind of, he's a creature of habit. And, um, and, and when his, his habit or, or his routine breaks off, uh, he's not as good. Um, also, this is a Vikings defense, one of the worst in the NFL. It's amazing to me that they have the record that they do with such a horrific defense, I should say, worst defense in the NFL, let alone 31st passing defense in the NFL. How'd they even get here? They're just, they're the luckiest team, I swear. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Packers... Again, home in January, Aaron Rodgers, 64% against the spread as a division favorite, let alone at home. So yes, give me Aaron Rodgers seven days a week and twice on Sunday. Um, The offensive line is getting healthier for the Green Bay Packers. Chemistry with his wide receivers is getting better. Hopefully, Christian Watson will be able to be active and the defense is better as well. Better passing defense for the Green Bay Packers than obviously the Minnesota Vikings. And I do believe that they have better special teams as well. So for all those reasons, uh, I'm going to lay the three. I can't stand the hook. I'm someone, I, I'll buy the hook down if I have to. And sure enough, I will here. So I'm going to play the Green Bay Packers minus three. And you could get that at minus 139. What does that mean? You're laying $139 down to win $100. That's what it means because you're buying the hook just in case it's a close game. You know, I, I just, I'd rather have it at three. I'd love it at two and a half, but I'd rather have it at three. I'm not going to play it at three and a half. Okay. Uh, when we come back, we're going to end the show strong, talking some college football with you. Fat Jack will join us yet again to talk about the slate of games on New Year's Eve and beyond, getting you ready for a fun college football weekend. So stay tuned for that. Anita Marks with you. It is uh, Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Like I said, we bring back Fat Jack. Uh, we had him on earlier talking NFL. Now let's do a deep dive into some college football, getting you ready. For, of course, um, New Year's Eve and all the festivities that go along with celebrating the start of 2023 with some good college football action. All right, Fat Jack, let's dive right into it. Saturday games, this is it. Not sure what everybody's doing for Christmas Eve. If you're stuck somewhere in the city because of Southwest Airlines, God bless you. Um, (laughs) I don't know if you want to chime in on that. If they're still for Christmas Eve, we got problems because and it wouldn't surprise me because we're doing New Year's weekend and people are still looking for their luggage. I mean, it's just been an absolute mess of data. But yeah, 2023 is coming. I have faith that Southwest going to get their stuff together and we're going to get this thing right. Uh, as these teams now, semifinals, what a great weekend, right? I mean, we're right here on the cusp of the new year and we've got semifinal games on Saturday. The NFL, I moved, by the way, I moved into the top 50 of the Superbook contest in Las Vegas. I'm Look at you. Right now. I'm, you know what? I'm a closer. I've always been a closer. I'm running out of fast. I've been at four and one the last four weeks in a row to get me in the conversation. I need a couple of big weeks. Uh, but yeah, there's something for everybody going this weekend. 
All right, let's break down all the Saturday games, getting everybody ready for New Year's Eve, uh, New Year's Eve day, I should say, because Kansas State going up against Alabama, high noon. That's when kickoff is. Man, Alabama not used to being in this situation, I'll tell you that. Minus six and a half going up against Kansas State. Alabama, a few players not playing because uh, they feel that they're going to go pretty high up in the draft. Kansas State playing for everything. Alabama not really in this situation before. Typically, these players, these coaches, they're playing for a national championship. Not this season. Nonetheless, the over-under is 56. What's your play in this matchup? Yeah, not a lot of data on how Nick Saban does in underachieving situations. And, it's, you know, it's hard to say that, you know, that this bowl game is underachieving, but as you just mentioned, I mean, they're typically in the playoff and playing for national championship in the semifinals. So how they're able to prepare, and it's not as much Nick Saban. Most of the time you're looking at coaches, you're looking at effort. We've seen lots of underdogs do well in the bowl games. We talked about this before, but over 36% of all underdogs over the last five years have won straight up. It's almost four out of ten underdogs. Dogs win. When you get into this game, I think it's the post so this one and USC Tulane are the two kind of poster child games of we've got great teams with better athletes that are playing un- overachieving good teams that are gritty and have you know chips on their shoulder. That typically does not bode well for the better teams. It's really hard to get five-star athletes up for a game when they can look across the street and say, listen, somebody else is playing for something more important than I am. And as you alluded to, a lot of them have the, the, the league on their mind and they're taking that next step. I like underdog here. Kansas State has made a living, not only recruiting, but the way they played the game, being balanced, winning time of possession, keeping the ball away from the opponent's offense. And even though there's not maybe two players on the entire K-State staff that were even recruited by Alabama, we see in ballgames that often doesn't matter. Give me K-State in this game plus the points. I think underdogs will continue to prevail in some of these spots where we have these marquee, high-profile teams playing some of these overachievers. And I think it starts here and continues here with K-State plus the points. Yeah, I, I like that as well. Um, another game, another game that's at noon on, uh, on Saturday is Iowa going up against Kentucky. Iowa favored by two. The under the over under is at thirty one. Do you have a play in this matchup? Yeah, I mean, the over under could have been fourteen. I think you're still going to have to lay to go under in this one. I mean, these two teams <laughs> do not score. They don't like score. It's like they're allergic to the end zone. And, and and Kentucky's not a whole lot better than Iowa. They continue to drive under. And Iowa, that's who their per- that's their personality. So don't expect a lot different. And I, I think when you, you have you ever seen a total in the twenties. In bowl games, I don't know if it's ever happened. So we're, the translation here is that you're getting this this total about as low as you could possibly get it within the realm of expectations. So you're going to have a ton of people find some reasons to go over because it's almost in the 20s. But the reality is you have two defenses that are great, two offenses that don't score a lot of points, are trying to just win time of possession and not make mistakes. Under the 30, it looks as awful as it's going to be to watch. Under the 31 and a half is the right side of the game. All right. Uh, two more games uh, to break down on Saturday, and that's TCU at Michigan. Michigan, to me, better running game, better offensive line, better defense. But something is pulling me to TCU and the Horned Frogs. They're getting seven and a half. The over-unders at 58 and a half. As great as Michigan is, I, I don't know if it, it's, it's, it's pulling at my purple heartstrings. I don't know what. I've just loved this TCU team all season long. What side are you on here? Yeah, I, 
TCU's got no respect all year. So why should that change now? And the reality is that the betting public has, has found some love for Michigan. They're the, the best team against the spread going back to the start of last year in the entire country. So the, the reality, though, is most of that is against bad teams. They've overachieved with their stingy defense. They take the ball away a lot. They've been really, really good at beating bad teams, but they do cover a lot of numbers. But who's walking up and playing TCU here? The reality is that these semifinal games are needed that most of these games are not even close. Uh, they are blowouts. There's been three over the last 25 games or so in the playoffs that have been ended in single digits. It's typically a blowout one way or the other. But the, the country is comfortable playing Michigan in that spot. They're certainly going to have trouble seeing TCU blow out Michigan. But the reality is you're getting a team that has overachieved all year. The betting market is not caught up with them even to this point, TCU that is, and you're getting value with them in a situation where all of the pressure is on Michigan. This game, so much more than the other game even, you've got all the pressure and expectations on one team and another team playing with house money yet again. They were going to the Big 12 championship almost, and they certainly are here. I'm with you giving TCU plus the points. Yeah, I, they're just such a fun team uh, to to root for, and 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 I'm not shy putting my money behind them, uh, getting that hook. The hook is what the the hook is what's hooked me um, in that matchup. Uh, last but not least, of course, we have Ohio State going up against Georgia. Uh, Georgia favored by six and a half. Uh, the over under is at sixty two and a half. I do like Georgia here. I just think they're just they're they're just they're so good. Right. Um, and uh, and also, I, I, I do like I do like the over here as well. How are you playing this this final matchup on Saturday? Yeah, I do think there's a chance we're going to look back after this weekend and we're going to say the Big Ten was overrated. Um, and I think that one of the best wins of, for both of these teams for Michigan and Ohio State other than each other. I mean, if you start digging deep, it wouldn't I don't know what surprised that many people if the Big Ten was just a little bit overrated, having to, a lot like with quarterbacks. You have two quarterbacks, you sometimes don't have any quarterbacks. Getting two teams to this point might be a great thing, but might just mean that we have a lot of parity in the, in the country. Ohio State, 3-13 and 13 against the spread their last four, um, with four outright losses, actually, their last 16 games, and that's against ranked teams. All right, just ranked teams they're typically not covering. Now, we'll tell you, there's only been a couple of times that a, a one-touchdown a single-digit with a number one seed has happened, and that number one seed has lost a few times. And so the, the indicator would be Ohio State absolutely has a puncher's chance that they'll be in this game to the end. I'm, I'm not buying it, though. I do think the Big Ten is overrated. I think that Ohio State has failed on a consistent basis against ranked teams, including their spot against Michigan, where they had a chance to really put themselves to that next level. Georgia's been there before. We saw it against when they played Tennessee. Everybody on that team expects to be in the semis. They expect to be in the finals. They expect to win the championship. I think they're more prepared for the moment. They're very well balanced, and they're getting good enough play at quarterback. I'm with you. Give me uh, Georgia minus the points. So, um, you know, the before we let you go, the, the spreads are out in regard to what potentially could be the national championship. Michigan in Georgia, Georgia favored by seven and a half. TCU, Georgia, Georgia's favored by 15 and a half. Ohio State, Michigan, Ohio State is favored by three. Ohio State, TCU, Ohio State favored by ten and a half. Uh, with these future odds predicting, of course, uh, what, what you're anticipating to happen on Saturday, any of these lines you're jumping on right now? 
yeah, TCU plus the points. I think if they, I think they have a very good chance to beat Michigan. I think Michigan is overrated and they have all the pressure on them. And this TCU team's been undervalued all year. You're never going to get more than 15 and a half if you get to the final games. That number's going to shrink, even though TCU will be, uh, you know, an underdog for sure based on their entire body of work and who they're playing, which I believe it will be Georgia, but really either team. And more importantly, you get that um, that TCU team that. Um, basically the finals, you're going to have some some sharps that are going to jump on them. And so I think that number's 12 and a half or 13 after the weekend with the recency bias if they happen to win. I think that's where the flyer is. A lot like Super Bowl um, prop bets. You get in that prop bet world, you find one or two things that you believe are going to happen, and you can drill down and make money four or five times in, in that one spot. If the Big Ten's overrated, TCU wins, they certainly cover, and there's certainly some value there as they play either of those teams in the championship game. Yeah, so if you're saying it's going to possibly jump down to 13.5, get it right now at 15.5 against Georgia, um, who will be favored by 15.5. Of course, if, if that is the national championship that, of course, uh, pans out. Uh, Fat Jack, always great having you on. Appreciate you as always. Happy New Year and enjoy the games on Saturday. Yeah, happy New Year to you, Anita. We'll see you soon and uh, have a great week. May all your bets be winning as we head toward the NFL playoffs as well. Great time of year. All right, I want to thank Fat Jack for joining us. What are my plays heading into uh, this this Saturday, this weekend, and, and beyond, of course, in regard to college football? Uh, before we get to the two big matchups, of course, the college football playoffs, I really do like Penn State. I like Penn State. Give me the points. I also like the under here. Utah's going to be missing quite a few players. Uh, running back Tavon Tom- Thomas, as well as cornerback Clark Phillips, uh, Kincaid, other players are going to be out. Again, either the transfer portal going to a different school or getting themselves ready for the NFL draft. Penn State, they've got a great defensive line, seventh best in the in the in the uh, in college football. Special teams, twenty third best special teams unit in college football. Um, also, this is pretty interesting. They're eight and one straight up on a grass field. And that's what they're going to be playing on. So, and, and also, when you look at the schedule for Penn State, I just feel like they've had a tougher schedule. So, uh, I do like the Nittany Lions going up against Utah. Give me Penn State plus two and a half. And I do like the under in that matchup as well. Just a few more minutes left in the show. So let me dive into the two big ones. It's Michigan going up against TCU, the Horn Frogs. How am I playing this? I like Michigan minus seven. If it's seven and a half, I'm going to buy the hook down. If you listen to the show, you know I can't stand the seven and a half. I can't stand the three and a half. But uh, you can get Michigan minus seven at minus 125, which means you're laying $125 down to win 100. Why? I just think Michigan's the all-around better team here. Better run game, better offensive line, better defense. Uh, their quarterback, McCarthy, has a very favorable matchup against that TCU secondary uh, this is a Michigan team. They play great when the stakes are high, and sure enough, that's what this is, to win, advance, and try to win a national championship. Edwards, their running back, has stepped up big time with Corum going down. And here's another big key. Michigan's coaching staff, they're really good. Great second-half team uh, pertaining to making the adjustments they need at the half. And then last but not least, Georgia, baby. Give me the Bulldogs minus 6.5. I also like the under in this matchup as well. Ohio State is going to be missing some wide receivers. They're running back Henderson. Georgia's defense is so good. Opponents are only averaging 12 points per game against them. Third best on third down conversion rate with their opponents. First in red zone TD rate. 28 trips to the red zone for the Bulldogs, and they've only allowed nine touchdowns this season. Also, home field advantage. They're going to be playing in Atlanta 
where they've played there twice already this season. So Georgia minus six and a half and the under at 62. That concludes our show. I want to thank Fat Jack, Cynthia Freeland. Um, of course, we've got Tyler and Rebecca who produce the show. They do a phenomenal job. So really appreciate you guys. Everybody, happy new year. Here's to a very happy, healthy, successful, and most importantly, um, positive, happy gambling, successful gambling for 2023. Thank you so much for tuning in to Bet LA. Really do appreciate it. Have a great night, everybody. Anita Marks with you. Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA.